Welcome to you wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Before we jump into our teaching, I do want to mention the Version Bible app, all kinds of great resources, and if you look under events, you'll find a complete set of notes for this message. Uh, also, when you're in your favorite podcast player, if you'd search for Arlington FM Church, there you will find all of our teaching content. encourage you to uh, listen in and also share that with friends. Well, uh, we are in a series that we're calling Uncommon Sense. And, uh, you know, I think all of us know what uh, common sense is. And uh, even though uh, many times uh, we fail to live by it, you know, uh, but this series is not about common sense that we can gain with our own experience and understanding. Uh, this series is about uncommon sense. It's the kind of wisdom and insight that God wants to give us that empowers us to live uh, exceptional lives. Uh, we've uh, anchored our series in this prayer of the Apostle Paul's from uh, the book of Colossians chapter 1. Uh, here's what he prays for his friends uh, who have begun their journey with Christ. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the uncommon wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, uh, so that you may live a life that is worthy of the Lord, and you may please him in every way. And you know, if you uh, kind of unpack that prayer, there's a sequence of thought that Paul puts in front of us, and the sequence is this. Uh, when we are filled with the awareness of God's goodwill, his incredible intentions for people who have faith in Christ, uh, that very awareness, that insight into the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God uh, catalyzes us into a life that is worthy uh, of the Lord Jesus and one that pleases God in every way. It's really a phenomenal uh, sequence uh, of truth. And uh, here's, the, here's the, the kernel in the nutshell. Without the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, we can't be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And we don't jumpstart this life that is worthy of Jesus and pleasing to God. And uh, in Paul's prayer, he describes that kind of life. He says it's one that uh, is bearing fruit in every good work. It's a life that is uh, growing in the knowledge of God. It's one that's being strengthened with all power beyond our own inabilities. And it's one that is characterized by joyful thanksgiving to God who has done these wonderful things in our lives. And again, all of these things are set in motion by the wisdom and the understanding that comes uh, through our interaction with the gift of God's Spirit. Uh, Paul says it in one of his other letters uh, to his friends in Corinth. He says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has even conceived of, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's another way of saying the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God for people. Uh, these are the very things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. And uh, Paul goes on, he says, what we have received is not common wisdom, it's not the spirit of the world, but we've received the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. And, uh, you know, uh, those truths, again, uh, kind of cascade uh, from, uh, from the wisdom and awareness 
that God gives to us by his spirit emerges this way of living that gives honor to Jesus Christ and is pleasing to God in every way. You might say it like this. The more you understand and grasp and take hold of what God has freely given us in Christ, the better you live. Hear that again. The more we grasp, the more we take hold of what God has freely given us in Christ, the better we live. And uh, it's the Spirit of God that opens up our minds and penetrates our hearts, allows us to see things we can't uh, hear, we can't uh, speak into each other's lives. Uh, we can't even conceive of the beautiful things that God has in store for those who have been called to follow him. These are the very things, Paul says, uh, God shows us so that we can uh, understand the things that he has uh, filled our lives with. And... Um, you know, Peter, uh, preaching the very first gospel message we saw last week, he makes this point, this gift of the Spirit of God that imparts this kind of wisdom and insight, it's not, uh, it's not special equipment that only the privileged get. This is standard operating equipment for every single person who calls on the name of Jesus. Here's how Peter proclaimed that truth uh, to people who were responding uh, to the call to follow Jesus for the very first time, he said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you. It's for your children, and it's for all who are far off, for anyone who will call on the Lord our God, and, uh, you know, that will be called by God to follow Christ. And uh, here's a, a kind of one of the truths we want to underscore and uh, Kind of the reality I think we need to face up to. Sadly, tragically, many people who set their hearts to follow Christ know nothing of this gift of the Spirit of God that is meant to connect the dots for us, to open our minds and our hearts and our understanding so that we can begin to get a clue of the things that God has planned for everyone who has said yes to Jesus. And uh, if you follow the math backwards, when we don't have this engagement with the person of the Holy Spirit, uh, we don't have the insight into what God's intentions are for us. And we don't, uh, we don't experience that kind of empowerment to live lives that are worthy, pleasing to God, bearing fruit, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power and giving joyful thanks. Uh, you know, uh, we pointed to this one example uh, where the Apostle Paul came upon some disciples, uh, some followers of Christ who had no clue what God wanted to open up to them through the gift of his spirit. We're told in Acts chapter 19, Paul took the road through the interior. He arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And their answer was, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And uh, again, it's unfortunate uh, that many uh, people who set off on the journey to follow Christ uh, really don't have any idea uh, who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit would like to do in their lives to help them along the way. Uh, we saw last week this example of a blind man uh, who, interestingly enough, Jesus healed him of his blindness in stages and uh, he had to be uh, open and honest with what was going on in his life in order to kind of reach that next step.
And we're told that Jesus asked him at one point in the healing process, do you see anything? And the guy looked up and he said, well, I see, but is this it? I, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Uh, is there more? And so we're, yes, there is more, thank God. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. You know, this is a vivid example of exactly what we're talking about, is that uh, once we begin that journey uh, of following Jesus, we, that journey of faith, uh, God wants to give us the ability to see clearly what his intentions for us are, uh, what our future and our hope is as followers of Christ, what, what kind of life uh, he's called us into. You know, uh, there's a number of prayers in the New Testament where Paul asked God for this singular thing to take place in the lives of Christ followers. He knows how critical and crucial it is that we get beyond that place of, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Or, uh, you know, I see truth, I see reality, but it's all kind of foggy and unclear. And uh, God wants to move us to that next place where we see radiantly and from a distance. And uh, this is one of my favorite prayers in the entire Bible. But here, those same truths come out. Uh, Paul prays now for his friends in Ephesus. He says, I keep asking I continually ask uh, this prayer. I'm praying all the time until I see its evidence uh, in your lives. I keep asking uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's that coupling with the incredible truth that where it becomes uh, part of our uh, mindset, our worldview, our awareness as we follow Jesus a spirit of wisdom and revelation to this end so that you may know him better. Uh, Paul goes on, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. And then he lists three incredible aspects of the will of God in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. You know, we could spend a lot of time unpacking the hope to which God has called us and it's filled with marvelous uh, things. We have an eternal inheritance. Uh, Paul says that you may also know the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And, uh, you know, uh, as you're hearing these words, uh, and uh, I continue to ask you uh, this uh, same question, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit or did you experience uh, the Holy Spirit uh, when you received Jesus Christ? Uh, uh, are you engaged uh, with this uh, gift that God has so graciously made available to every single person who calls on the name of Jesus? You know, last week I uh, shared with you uh, the need for a guide I experienced uh, in a profound way. Several de a few decades ago, uh, I went on a business trip to the great city of Tokyo, Japan, and I, I shared with you that I had a jam-packed schedule with high-level technology officials at really prestigious companies, and uh, being late or not arriving was simply not an option. 
And uh, so I needed a guide who could get me where I needed to be uh, all over that city on time. Well, one particular night, uh, I was in an area called Shinjuku, and I was without a guide. I was in my prison or my hotel room. And, uh, you know, if you're looking at that picture, you may be thinking, gosh, those windows look pretty close together. Well, the truth is, they are. <laughs> I could stand up in the middle of my room, and I kid you not, I could almost touch the walls on both sides of my prison cell uh, standing in the middle of that room. Well, uh, not wanting to spend the entire night in that little room, I made a decision to venture out without a guide. And uh, I figured if I just kept looking back at the building uh, towering above the trees that I wouldn't get lost. Well, as night fell in my walk, uh, I wandered down this street here and uh, took a few turns. And uh, lo and behold, after a few hours, I realized I'm lost. <laughs> I'm hopelessly lost. Uh, not only was I lost, I had this feeling, I'm never getting out of this place. Uh, this is where it ends for me. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, that's the place a lot of followers of Jesus come to without a guide, without the presence uh, of the Spirit of God. You know, uh, it's worth reminding ourselves of the, the many aspects of the gift of the Spirit that Jesus taught his followers about before he would leave them and ascend back to heaven. He said, I'll not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you in John chapter 14. He goes on and says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, someone to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. In chapter 16 of John's gospel, uh, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Things are actually going to get better for you, and you may find that hard to imagine. How could, how could something be better than the real presence of the Son of God in their lives? But he said, unless I go away, the advocate, the Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Chapter 14, verse 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything that I said to you. And then finally, I have much more to say to you. There's more wisdom. There's more knowledge that God wants to open up to our experience and our understanding. And Jesus said, but you cannot bear these things now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, uh, he will guide you. There's that incredible truth. He will guide you into all the truth. Well, uh, with so much writing on our experience of the presence and the activity and the influence of the Holy Spirit as followers of Christ, uh, knowing that our uh, being filled with the awareness of God's good and perfect will depends on our interaction with the Holy Spirit, living lives that are worthy, that please God, and have all these wonderful attributes is entirely dependent on our receptivity and our openness to the influence of the Spirit, of the advocate, the teacher, the guide, the helper. Knowing that, I want to bring us back to this question. How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? You know, uh, ponder that uh, for a moment, because it's really, I, I believe, uh, the central point of this series is uh, how are you relating and interacting with this incredible gift of the presence of God 
the Spirit of Jesus Christ uh, given freely to us. You know, uh, over the decades of uh, leading and shepherding in the church, uh, I've had occasion to do uh, quite a few marriage ceremonies, work with a lot of couples, and uh, inevitably, in working with couples, uh, one of the tools that I often leaned on was an assessment called the Prepare and Rich uh, Couple Assessment. Uh, and uh, in this, uh, this particular tool, uh, couples would be asked to respond to uh, over 100 questions, a scale of one to five. And uh, what they measured is not so much, is this good or bad, but how much do these couples agree with each other? on these many aspects of a marriage relationship. And uh, one of the kind of the uh, startling uh, reports that came out of uh, over a half a million people doing this assessment is uh, what's called a couple typology. And you'll see it here on this slide, is that there are a, a number of different uh, patterns that uh, couples fall into. And again, uh, this assessment has been given to over half a million couples and uh, you'll see on the bottom left-hand corner there, a red circle. Well, within that, uh, there are five uh, types of uh, patterns of relationship that couples uh, have with each other. And they are uh, succinctly uh, vitalized, which uh, is what it sounds like. Uh, this couple has a lot of positive interaction, a lot of exchange of ideas and thoughts and uh, helping each other uh, grow and go on in life. Uh, harmonious. These couples have uh, learned to do well with each other. They've learned to live with each other. But uh, as you can kind of see, there's sort of a digression. Uh, the third one in the uh, couple types is conventional. It's what you might expect. It's, uh, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. It just is what it is. Uh, but then even a step down from that is conflicted. And this, uh, unfortunately, uh, these as this particular couple uh, responded to the assessment. They fit this type of a conflicted couple. They don't share a lot in common. Uh, they butt heads a lot. Uh, they see things differently in, in many ways. Uh, they're living together, but they're going two separate ways in life. And then, uh, God forbid, this final one in the digression of a vitalized relationship is devitalized. And uh, it is what it sounds like. You know, uh, these are couples that have just resolved. We're never going to get through the issues that we have. There's a sense of hopelessness and aimlessness about the relationship. Well, you know, uh, the reason I share that with you in asking this question, uh, how is your relationship with the Spirit of God? With so much riding on our openness and our willingness to engage with the person of the Spirit, we really can uh, fall into one of these five relationship types. And uh, unfortunately, sadly, uh, many uh, have either conventional interaction with the person of the Spirit or uh, a conflicted, we're going two separate ways, or devitalized. This would be those guys who said, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, uh, another aspect of... Uh, a marriage dynamic that I think is really appropriate uh, to this series on uh, opening up uh, to the wisdom and power of God's Spirit is this idea called influence. And uh, what uh, one group of researchers found in working with thousands and thousands of couples is that uh, 
the couples that were flourishing in their marriage relationship together were open to being influenced by one another. They were open to each other's thoughts and ideas and preferences, ways of doing things. And uh, they had a, a very concrete way of expressing uh, couples who were open to being influenced by one another is that, that when the other shared truth, shared ideas, shared opinions, shared perspectives, uh, there was a turning to each other rather than a turning away. And I think we all, if we're married, can relate to those times. We may, may be going through a rocky season of life when uh, we tend to turn away from each other more than we turn towards. Uh, but yet knowing uh, that this uh, dynamic is a quality of a healthy, flourishing, vital relationship, uh, I would say one of the keys uh, to responding uh, to the wisdom and insight and power and leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit is we're open to influence. We turn toward rather than away, and uh, we're, we're receptive. You know, in one of the Psalms where uh, King David uh, had stumbled badly, really blew it in a lot of ways, uh, he, he pours his heart out to God, Psalm 51. He says this, Lord, uh, please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Uh, don't remove that influence uh, that comes uh, from your spirit in my life but grant me a willing spirit. In other words, make me receptive, responsive, and open uh, to the things you want to show me uh, through the influence of your spirit. You know, as we uh, go to prayer, uh, I, I want to uh, just uh, kind of point you uh, to this one episode. It's at the end of John's gospel. Uh, Jesus has been cultivating uh, Peter uh, to be really the central leader in his new church after he would go to the cross be put in the grave, uh, rise from the dead, empower his, his disciples to carry on his mission in the world. And uh, Peter is going to be the first primary leader of that movement. And uh, if you know the scene, John 21, uh, Jesus has this encounter with Peter who has denied him three times. He asks him three times, do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Take care of my sheep, my lambs. And uh, after all that, uh, Jesus speaks uh, these rather profound words uh, to, his, uh, to his new leader uh, of the movement. He says, very truly, I tell you, when you were young, you dressed yourself. You went where you wanted. Uh, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you wouldn't go on your own. And I happen to believe that what Jesus is talking about is the, the Holy Spirit uh, whom he would send, who would come upon uh, this group of early disciples and empower them, uh, open up to their understanding uh, the wonderful, beautiful things that God had accomplished through the death and resurrection of his son, uh, the things he's freely given us uh, in Christ. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we want to thank you uh, for the incredible comprehensive love that you have for people. You didn't only come to forgive us, Lord. Uh, you came to empower us to live really exceptional lives. We want to thank you for the future and the hope that you have for every single person who says yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe as you're listening to this message, uh, you're thinking, you know what? I need to say yes to Jesus Christ. I would like to be included uh, in that, uh, those wonderful plans that God has for those who love him. 
And, uh, you know, it's uh, as simple as uh, responding, open up to the influence of God uh, through the message of his son. Uh, you would just say something like this, uh, Lord, I've seen enough, heard enough. I believe that you died for my sins. Uh, I believe that you rose from the dead. Uh, I like what I've heard about the sending of this gift to the Spirit. It's for everyone who calls upon you. Well, I'm doing that right now. I'm calling upon your name. And uh, Lord, we want to thank you uh, for the grace that's in your heart for people. And right now we would uh, just stand before you. Uh, wherever we're at in our relationship and response uh, to the Spirit of God that you pour out upon us, uh, we want to be open. We want to be honest. Lord, maybe we uh, would just say with that blind man, I see, but I need to see better. And I pray, God, that you would uh, do something profound, powerful in us today. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know Christ better. We might know the hope that he's called us to, the glorious inheritance in his people, and the power that is at work in those who believe. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.